everybody. It is Clinton Wayne with another episode of Chaotic Devotion. Thank you for listening in, and hopefully this uh, finds you well. This finds you, um, you know, not as stir crazy, not anxious, and not fearful of anything. I know that the the situation right now with all the COVID and everything has got everybody maybe a little bit on edge, but uh, hopefully that you have. Uh, been able to to be uh, in the presence of God and and find the peace that surpasses all understanding and and uh, letting Him uh, be a, the source of our our contentment and be the source of our our uh, comfort because um, I, I know that's a lot. Sometimes it's a lot easier said than done, but I know when we put that faith in in Christ alone uh, and in God the Father that we. Uh, we have exactly what scripture tells us is that peace that surpasses all understanding, um, especially during this time. And uh, I hope that if, you know, you are listening and, um, you know, that maybe you've lost your job or maybe you have uh, become ill or you know somebody who has or you just have a lot of uh, fear of uncertainty or whatever the case may be, uh, know that I'm praying for you. Uh, I really... Um, you know, I really try to, as often as I can, just to just pray. Um, I know that my situation, I'm very fortunate. I still uh, get to work. Uh, my wife and I are both working from home, and God's really blessing us in that. And I, I fully am aware that not everybody has that privilege, and not everybody has um, been able to do that. And so my prayer has been for even just people that I don't know, who are going through tough times and, and just trying to figure out a way that uh, that I can be of assistance, that I can help. And um, at the time, you know, at this time, this is why I'm doing this. This is uh, to to just kind of breathe a, a new life in, into things and just to share what God has laid on my heart and to uh, hopefully help you guys out, help myself out uh, while I'm doing this. Uh, um and just kind of, you know, us just leaning on God together uh, through it all, because that's really what it's going to take. If we truly isolate ourselves then from everything, uh, then we're we're not going to to get past this in a way that's healthy, or even get past it at all. What it's really going to take is us banding together, even from our own separate homes, uh, just banding together in the faith and and tackling this thing together as a Christian body. And when we do that, I, I feel like, you know, we will be stronger. We will be more confident in our faith and in our beliefs and, and going forward, it will be better for it. And, and coming out on the other, other side of this, not going back to the same old, same old that it was before, but being better and just being stronger and, and being more wise in scripture and in what God, uh, has planned for our lives. And, and, and that's my prayer. Um, but if any of you do have a prayer request, I have set up a, an email account. Uh, it is chaotic devotion podcast at gmail.com. And you guys can just email me your prayer request or if you just have any questions about anything I ever talk about, I will be more than happy to, uh, to have that conversation with you, uh, to answer those questions and, and to just, you know, take those prayer requests and, and know that I will be genuinely praying for you. Um, if you, you know, do send those. Um, but you know, this week there's a lot on my mind, especially with this upcoming Sunday being Easter. Um, honestly, it's one of my favorite holidays of the entire year. It, it trumps any other holiday, um, for me because as Christians, we do celebrate Easter 
as the resurrection of Jesus Christ and, and what he did on the third day to conquer death and, and to defeat sin once and for all. And if anything is worth celebrating in our lives, it is that fact. And that fact alone should give us so much to be joyful for and thankful for that no matter what's happening in our lives right now, that that sense of salvation, that the resurrection, what Jesus Christ did on the cross for us should be able to wake us up in the morning and get us excited, get us motivated and strengthen us for whatever we've got to face um, and that, that's just, you know, honestly, that's my prayer for myself and for you and for anybody else. And is that we are so confident in that faith because of what he's done for us, that we have strength that even through the midst of chaotic times and through uh, difficulty that we are able to, you know, like we talked about last week with Paul, just to be content and to find that secret for living life when we have not a lot or when we're having very little. And that's Jesus Christ alone. And, uh, you know, and, and I really love it because, you know, at Easter time, we're, you know, we're really celebrating that. Um, and a lot of people, you know, you really get into it for the church services and, and, and Holy Week and those kind of things. And it's, it's really exciting for me. And honestly, when I was a younger Christian, I used to kind of just get a little bit perturbed about, you know, people who would only, um, you know, do things on Easter, you know, they may not have went to church the rest of the year, but they, uh, they would come on Easter or they would, you know, post something on social media about Easter, uh, service or, or, or something like that. And I used to get, you know, just kind of upset, like, you know, what, you know, what about the other, uh, you know, 50 something Sundays throughout the year and you're choosing this one, but next Sunday you're going to be completely different. And, you know, I had to really check myself and my self-righteousness and, 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 you know, and that, that bad attitude about that. But instead, I should be very thankful that there is a day of the year that we set aside that, um, that no matter where we're, you know, what we've been doing, uh, throughout the year, no matter where we've come from, um, and no matter what our situation is, that we come together on that day more so than most other days, uh, Sundays, especially throughout the year as a church, um, and just really remind ourselves, you know, uh, what we believe and what our faith is in, in, um, you know, what I had to learn is that we all make mistakes and we all have done things that have, uh, fallen short of God's glorious standard as Romans three twenty three tells us, um, we, we, we are all in the same boat. And it's easy to kind of point fingers and to say, you know, and to just kind of point things out. Well, like he says he's Christian, but he's doing this, 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 and this. And, and I'm sure that a lot of people have said that about me. Um, but in reality, it's not about anything that we've done or haven't done. It's about what Jesus Christ has done for us. And, you know, on that note, while it is our faith that is what that saves us and it's not our, our actions that does, when we do have faith in Christ, our actions should follow. Our commitment level to our belief should be as high as it can be uh, because his commitment level to his love for us is as high as it ever has been and ever could be as far as what he's done for us and to show that love and what he's done for us is, is die on the cross for our sins, the punishment that we deserve. And so that puts us in a place of undeserved privilege before the Father only solely based on what Jesus Christ has done for us. It's nothing that we've done. 
And so I feel like, you know, that, that requires more than one day a year, even though that is a joyous time and something that I do get excited about that we're all kind of in unison. Uh, I wish it was more often because when we have faith in Jesus Christ and we fully understand what that means, our commitment level to that should be through the roof. There should be things that we sacrifice. There should be things that we do differently uh, to to separate ourselves from the world, to be in the world and not of the world. Uh, because there is a call in our life when when we say out loud that I am a child of God, what I do in my life needs to reflect that. And my promise to God needs to to overcome any other promises that I've made to other people or to other things or commitments to other things. It needs to to be at the forefront at no matter no matter what the cost, my commitment to God needs to be above all else. And you know, even in scripture in the gospels, Jesus says, you know, to follow me. Uh, you must uh, love me so much that it looks like hate in comparison to your own family. Uh, and what he's, he's not saying to hate your family, but what he's saying is that the love that you have for me, the commitment that you have to me, uh, should be in comparison uh, to make everything else look like you know it's nothing, that it's hate or that it's something not good. Uh, because your love and your commitment for him should be so much higher than anything else. And so uh, I've been reading, um, our church is, is going through the Bible in a series called Threaded that our pastor is preaching throughout the year. And basically we started in Genesis. We are supposed to be in 1 Samuel right now, but um, I did get behind, and so I'm just now in Judges, and uh, this morning, honestly, I read in, in Judges 11 about a story, and this is what I want to focus on, and this story in and of itself, when you first read it, you read it and you're, you're saddened about what happens, and you're, you're kind of, it, it's one of those scriptures where you kind of think, and you read it and you're like, huh, what did I just read? How is that possible? What kind of God do we really serve when the, this kind of thing can happen? Um, and so it really kind of makes you take a step back. So I'm going to read that uh, real quick and uh, just kind of dive into it. Uh, so Judges 11 verses 29. So this is about uh, Jephthah and, and, a, and a vow that he made to God. Uh, so, you know, during the book of Judges, basically it is kind of the same old uh, story and dance that I think still goes on now is that, you know, at one point Israel is good and they're right in the Lord's sight, but then they come across somebody else who needs, who kind of leads them astray and then they, uh, then a judge rises up to defeat them and then lead Israel back to, um, you know, right standing with God and, and then everything's hunky dory until the next, till the next uh, country or group of people comes along that leads them astray. And I, I feel like that's, you know, it's very relevant to our lives today that, you know, we have times where we're just really committed, we're really, our faith is really strong, and then something happens that leads us astray, whether we get just get focused on work, or we get focused on our families, or we get just very distracted by social media, or sports, or, or, or whatever it may be, and then, you know, we're in the same boat that they are, um, but this particular story is about Jephthah, so, so verse 29 says, at that time the Spirit of the Lord came upon Gilead and Manasseh, including Mizpah in the in in excuse me Gilead and from there he led an army against the the Lord, against the Amorites and Jephthah made a vow to the Lord he said if you give me victory 
over the Ammonites. I will give to the Lord whatever comes out of my house to meet me when I return in triumph. I will sacrifice it as a burnt offering. So as a statement, Jephthah's like, dude, if you give me victory over my enemies, I will give to you whatever comes out at me when I return home. Um, and so, you know, he's probably thinking maybe an animal or, or these things, you know, just, you know, something else in general, maybe just something, some object that maybe has, you know, been left outside or whatever the case may be when he's, when he's saying this. But it is a promise that he's made to God. And it's a vow that he made to God that said, look, if you, if you conquer my enemies and help me do this, then I will make a sacrifice to you. I'll give you uh, something of mine in return. And so, you know, you talk about commitment level, you know, if you stop the story right here and don't read further ahead, we're not really sure what happens. So, you know, you're kind of wondering, okay, is Jephthah going to keep this promise or is he going to, is he going to weasel out of it or, or what is the case? Uh, because, you know, we have times in our lives where we make God a promise and we, we make a commitment saying, you know, God, I'm going to do this. And if you do this for me, then, uh, you know, there's all those kind of conditionals, you know, like, you know, if you get me out of the struggle, I won't cuss forever, you know, whatever, whatever things that we've made. And, you know, honestly, a lot of times we probably break that promise more than we keep it. Um, I, and I hope and pray that, you know, that there are people out there that, that do a lot better than me and, and, and keep those promises and do those things better when you do make a commitment to God. But I get, you know, as a human being and as somebody who, who fails daily with my flesh, I, I just admit it to, you know, uh, there's times where I've said the same thing and have, have not fulfilled my end of the commitment to God. Um, and so just kind of reading further in the story, so 30, verse 32 says, So Jephthah led his army against the Ammonites, and the Lord gave him victory. He crushed the Ammonites, devastating about 20 towns from Aurora to an area near Mineth, and as far away as Abel Karamim. In this way, Israel defeated the Ammonites. When Jephthah returned home to Mizpah, his daughter came out to meet him. Now I want you to think about that for a second. So earlier he just said, I will give to the Lord whatever comes out of my house to meet me when I return in triumph. I will sacrifice it as a burnt offering. And then here we read that it's actually his daughter that comes out. And you're like, you know, at first, at first thought, you're like, wow, no, there's, you know, maybe this is a story like, uh, you know, like, uh, Abraham and Isaac, where, you know, Abraham was told to do that. And at the last second, God said, you know, maybe there's a way out of this, um, and so, because, you know, that's a really steep promise to, to make that. And then now it's your daughter that comes out. And if we're really just honest with ourselves about our commitment level to that promise at that point, I think a lot of us wouldn't maybe go through with it. Uh, I know I don't have kids, but I know a lot of you who do. And I know that, you know, any good parent uh, loves their kids unconditionally, loves their kids, and they would do just about anything for them. Um, and, and that includes laying down their own lives. And so when you've made a commitment that says you're going to sacrifice whatever comes out to meet you, and then it's your daughter that comes out, man, that's, that's some tough things. And, and I gotta be honest, when I first read this scripture, this is a very tough scripture to kind of, to kind of think about and to kind of, to, to mull over. And cause I kind of question like, okay, God, you know, if he does this, dude, he, he, he literally just sacrificed his daughter. Um, because of that promise. And in, in, in one way we could look at it, you know, our, I think our, our flesh would want to look at it and be like, man, that's not fair. That's, that's not just, that's God. Why, why would you still make him go through with that? Um, 
And, and so, you know, there's so many questions that arise that. And honestly, I think there are times where, you know, unbelievers may read things like this in Scripture uh, and it may be turn away from the faith because of the things that are kind of harder to understand, the, the things that are just not as as easy to digest. And honestly, even as a believer, some things are, are, are easier to di- digest than others. And this is one of those things that's just, man, it was really hard to read on, uh, knowing, you know, what's about to happen or what could happen. And, you know, you know it just makes you kind of sit back and think. Am I really as committed to my faith in who God is and what He, uh, who He is, uh, you know, as I really thought? Because it, it's a, you know, it just makes you take a step back and you think, what have I done? What have I promised to do? What have I committed to when I said that I want to be a follow follower of Jesus? And um, even Jesus said it himself, like, you you must deny yourself, take up your cross daily to follow after me. You've got to leave everything behind. You've got to not worry about possessions. You've got to not worry about family. You've got to let the dead bury the dead. You know, there's so many things that he warned us against that, look, I do offer a gift of free, uh, a free gift of eternal life, but there is a commitment that goes along with that. There is a, a promise that we make to God you know, he makes so many promises to us, and and I'm going to talk about that on, on another episode on Friday, on Good Friday, about his promise to us. And then on Easter Sunday, I'm going to release another episode that talks about what we do with that promise and what we do uh, with the resurrection. But when we believe in Jesus Christ and make that commitment to him to be a follower, that has to be a big deal. It has to be a huge commitment. It has to be something that's thought all the way through. Uh, because Jesus himself in the Gospels warned us that it's going to cost us everything to follow after him. And I think that this is something that Jephthah is is experiencing firsthand, that he's made a commitment to God. He said, look, I'm going to make this sacrifice if you give me victory. Well, God gave him victory. And now he's, you know, he's got to put up or shut up at this point. And so, you know, there's that dilemma, you know, that we all have and we've, 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 we've all made promises. We've all made commitments and, and things that we told God that we would do if he would, if he would bring us out of a struggle or if he would do this for us, you know, then we are going to do X, Y, Z. And, you know, I want to just kind of think of my own life and, and, and really just mourn over the fact how many times that I didn't put forth that full commitment, how many times that I broke my promises. Because when you look at how God treats us and how he loves us, he's never broken a promise. He's never forsaken us. He's never stopped loving us. Even through all of our things that we do to him, that we do to to just curse his name, to to bring uh, sadness upon our beliefs and, and just to kind of, you know, be a stumbling block to others. All those things that we do, you know, and he still loves us. He he still never forsakes us. And then, you know, you just kind of think about that. What am I giving in return? And so, no, faith in, in God uh, is what saves us. It's not our actions. It's not anything we can do. It's not a checklist. It's not uh, the amount of good that we can do that outweighs the amount of bad that we can do 
or any of that things. Yes, it is our faith that saves us, but our faith requires action. You know, in James, it talks about being doers of the word and not just listeners only. That if we if we just listen to God's word and don't do anything that it says, that we're only fooling ourselves. And it's like we're looking into a mirror to see our reflection, but only turn away and forget what it looks like. You know, even in that verse, it was kind of hard to understand what he was really talking about. Uh, but it was explained to me either by a pastor or commentary in, a, in, in one of the study Bibles that I have, and I honestly can't remember. But there was a point where I was able to read that or listen to the pastor that they just kind of put it in a way that I'd never really thought of before. They're talking about being doers of the word and not listeners only, and talking about that reflection. When we look into the mirror and we look at ourselves, um, you know, we start to notice things about ourselves, you know, whether it be a blemish or whether it be something that's looking good. Yeah, you know, uh, you know, some of us are not as studly as we might think. So we're looking in the mirror and we, we see things uh, that maybe we've forgotten about since, since the last time. And so when we, uh, when we don't look at our reflection, when we don't put into action to look ourselves over to, to really, um, you know, to just give ourselves a once over and, 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 and look and see, am I doing the things that I'm supposed to be doing? Am I saying the things that I'm supposed to be doing? Who am I being a reflection of? What do people see when they look at me? You know, if we don't do anything about that, then we just kind of forget and we go coast through the, mo- uh, you know, go through the motions and kind of coast through. And in, in that verse, it's also talking about, you know, if we are doers of the word and we are committed to what his word says and what scripture says, and we go out there and we do the things that we say we believe and we reflect that, then the ultimate person and being that we are reflecting is Jesus Christ. And the more that we look in that mirror and the more that people look at us, the more and more they should see Christ. And the more that we are doers of the word and not just listeners only, the more of Christ they're, they're going to see. So our commitment to that requires action. Our commitment to our faith requires us to live out a life that is that is pleasing to God and that our effort, though we, there's going to be times that we fail, even when we try and even when we uh, you know, do things with a whole heart, there's going to be times where we, where we fail and we fall short, but that still doesn't mean we shouldn't try knowing that we are going to fail. We should still never be satisfied where we are in our, in our walk with Christ and that we should always be looking for improvement and really putting our best foot forward. Because when we fail, that's not the end of it. Because our failures doesn't mean that Christ fails. Christ always triumphs even in the in amidst our failures. There's so many you know times in the Bible that we can see stories of of men of faith who who failed. You know, we talk about David, who was a, a basically one of the big adulterer, well, adulterers and, and murderers and. Uh, um, and then we look at Paul, who is straight up a, a persecutor of the church, who who murdered Christians for simply being Christians. And, and, you know, there's so many people that we could talk about that, you know, people who we look up to and we read about in Scripture that, they, man, they messed up, you know, but God still used them. And so, you know, I... You know, I just kind of want to take that and, and apply it to our lives that, you know, there's going to be times where, where we try to put our best foot forward and we fail, uh, but God, God can still prevail through that and, and Christ can still triumph in that and still uh, still bless uh, others throughout that and bless ourselves even in amongst when we fail because when we fail, we learn. Um, you know, 
I'm not who I am today because I've I've done everything perfect. I I am who I am today in Christ because I've learned what not to do. When I failed, I was able to to rely on God and to and to seek Jesus Christ and to okay, how how do I you know come out better out of this? Um, you know how do how do I learn from this? And then I don't make those same mistakes again because I've learned it by firsthand experience. And so, you know, even through our, our, our mistakes, you know, God can still prevail in that. And so going back to that, going back to the scripture of Jephthah, you know, he's at this dilemma now. He, he's, he's made this commitment that he's going to make this sacrifice, and now he sees his daughter. And like I said, our, honestly, if we're, we're just honest, our reaction is going to be a lot different than what his is. And his is that when he in verse 35 says when he saw her he tore his clothes in anguish oh my daughter he cried out you have completely destroyed me you have brought disaster on me for i have made a vow to the lord and i cannot take it back so what we read here is someone who's made a promise to god and not only did he keep it but he didn't even question it it doesn't even it, it it gives us no indication here in scripture in in judges that he questioned it or he ag- agonized over the decision he agonized but it was over the fact that he was already you know he was quick to commit to it and say he knew what he was about to have to do because he was so committed to the promise that he made god because of the what god had did for him that he's like look i can't break this promise he knew that instantly because look what he said to her he says oh my daughter you have completely destroyed me. So in that instance, just in a, in just in that split second, he knew exactly what he was going to do, and then mourned over that fact because he knew that he was about to lose his daughter, because he was so committed to his his promise that he made to God, uh, for God delivering that victory to him. He he didn't want to break that promise. He knew that his promise to God has has to has to be more important than any other commitment or any other thing in his life, including his own family. And so what we learn here is that, you know, like I said, in one aspect, we can look at this and be very mournful and kind of honestly get mad at God about uh, letting uh, Jephthah go through with this. But honestly, when we look at it and strip everything away, Jephthah's commitment to the promise that he made and seeing that is even as much as he loved his daughter, and we can see that he's torn. We can see that he's going through that turmoil, and that. And in fact, he says, "You've brought disaster on me." And even through all that, we know that he's he made that promise to God, and he kept it, and he was remaining faithful, even even though something that he loves dearly is about to be to be gone because of that, and. That's a hard thing to swallow when we really think about this scripture, when we think about this story. Um, man, it's tough to read this because it goes on to say just to kind of kind of sum it up. And basically, um, you know, he goes through with the sacrifice, but he allows her to to go off and, and, to, uh, and to weep with her friends for a couple months um, you know, before he does it. And, and I think that's kind of interesting, uh, too. Uh, but what's even, you know, kind of interesting further is that after he said, you know, that he's made a vow to the Lord and he cannot take it back, you know, obviously he's distraught about this, but he's still committed to that. He's still committed to the promise and the vow that he made to God about following him. 
and, and making that sacrifice. In verse 36, it says, And she said, Father, if you have made a vow to the Lord, you must do to me what you have vowed, for the Lord has given you a great victory over your enemies, the Ammonites. And then, and then that's when she asked to, said, you know, hey, but let me do this one thing. Let me go weep with my friends. But not only is his commitment to God and, 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 um, just an amazing thing to see, but her commitment as well, knowing that, okay, you've, uh, you've made a promise to God and I know you've got to keep it. So, you know, keep that because he gave you victory. So it also tells you something else about Jephthah that his faith is real because, you know, like I said, I'm not a parent, but I know how parents act when their faith is real. It bleeds over during their children. You know, it, um, you know, scripture tells us that, you know, basically you raise a child right in the ways of the Lord and he'll, you know, uh, he'll direct their paths and he will, um, bless us for that. And so, um, you know, when you see that Jephthah obviously has raised his daughter to understand that, Making a promise and having a belief in God requires some, some really hard, you know, hard things to do sometimes. And she understands that, which means she's probably been taught from birth, um, you know, what the faith is and what her, their beliefs are and, and, and the level of commitment that that has, because it, it obviously, we see that in her as well. And so, you know, when we, when we teach others about faith, especially our own kids, uh, but even to those around us, that if our faith is that real, then it's going to bleed over into those around us. And that's really kind of what it's all about is that we're living in this life not to just keep it to ourselves and not to just be alone. Um, you know, in Romans 10, it says that, you know, we're saved by our faith, uh, our, basically our declaration of our faith to everyone, um, is what saves us. And it's basically saying, you know, our faith is in Jesus Christ and what he's done for us. But when we declare that to other people, that just kind of lets people know that we're saved and who we belong to. And so that's, that's really kind of our, our call to action. As James says, you know, being doers of the word, it, it, it all kind of rolls into this is that if I say that I'm a believer in Christ, then my life should reflect that. And that, uh, I declare who I am in Christ by what I do. I show that I have faith. I show that I believe in Christ by the way I treat people, by the actions that I take uh, at work or wherever I'm at, by the words that I speak. And that is to, you know, when I do that, that shows a reflection of Christ who then bleeds onto the, those around me, who then enlightens them to the truth, enlightens them to the gospel. So they turn around and make that commitment and then they go and live out their lives and commit to God and and have their faith that then bleeds over into other people and it's just this exponential effect that we have and that's exactly what we're supposed to be doing. You know, it's really easy for us right now to be to just isolate ourselves and to not uh, you know really have a whole lot of interaction with people, um, you know, even electronically and just kind of stick to ourselves and, and kind of do that and and we do that honestly if we're just just being completely honest with ourselves and being real. We did that even before all this started, that, you know, we, we keep our faith to ourselves, that we just kind of do our own thing, and we're not as bold to to, to live it out. Um, and, and that's something, honestly, I'm just as guilty of as anybody else. And uh, what this has taught me, though, is I've got to, to be so committed that I have the kind of faith that Jephthah says that whatever commitment that I've made to God has to trump whatever other commitment, whatever other love that I have even for my own wife Everything that I have in Christ, the love, the commitment, the promise, 
the you know just the diligence in that has to outweigh anything else in my in my life it has to take priority there are so many things that we have put above god whether it be our our stature our finances our job anything else uh you know that social media sports uh, whatever it may be, we have put so many commitments above that to our commitment to God uh, that our faith is just, it's just plummeted. And, and, and our effectiveness as a Christian has just diminished almost into non-existence. And, and like I said, I am, I am number one, 100% just as guilty of this as anybody else. So please don't take this as someone who's just harping on everybody else. Man, I'm living this out um, just as truthfully as anybody else that I, I need to, to buck up and step up to the table and step up to the plate and be more diligent about who I am in Christ and be more diligent about treating other people as more important than myself to love people, um, uh, you know, more than I love myself. And, 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 you know, it, it's really kind of summed up when, when the, when the teachers of religious law and the Pharisees were asking God or asking Jesus, you know, well, what's the most important commandment? They were actually trying to trick him. They were trying to get him to to kind of stumble on his words and try to, to get something where he would speak blasphemy. You know, what he said there is like, love the Lord with all your heart and then, you know, and then love your neighbor as yourself. And he said, these are the greatest commandments. So basically what it says, love God with everything that you've got and then love, uh, you know, love your neighbor in the same way that I loved you, you know, and, and so... You know, basically what he's saying there is that, you know, when we love God with everything that we've got, the way that we treat other people is the way that, that God treats us with love, forgiveness, um, you know, with mercy. Because you know, it's really easy for us to, to hold grudges for, for someone and against things and, and to, to, to really just treat people in a way that, that we shouldn't treat them. And then when we think about how God has treated us and what he's given us and given us that place of undeserved privilege because of Jesus Christ, and it's and then when we learn that it's nothing that we've earned, it makes you think of things in a whole different light. And it makes you treat people in a whole different way um, that's definitely something more godly than than maybe what uh, that we were used to before. And so when we've committed to Christ and we've committed to, to living out, um, you know, to the best of our ability— what his scripture says, what he's commanded us to do, uh, then we change the world. That's just the simple fact. That's just the end result uh, that we're all looking for. Um, when we are that committed, when we do keep those promises, we change the world. And we, you know, ultimately we do that through the power of the Holy Spirit. And, you know, it's nothing that we do personally. It's not our own strength. It's not our own skills or whatever it is. It's everything that God has given us that we use to change hearts, to change lives, and the Holy Spirit gets a hold of them the same way that He did us. Um, and so that's, you know, really what um, what I want to challenge us is is to to be committed, to be diligent in our faith. That when we say that we're a Christian, that I say that I am Christ-like, that I want to to be more bold about showing everyone that I come across, whether it's you know, through through mediums like this or on social media or any phone calls or texts or now it's Zoom meetings instead of actually going to meetings or, or work, you know, or every phone call that I'm on at work, I'm in sales. So I, I'm pretty much on the phone. I make outbound calls and, and take inbound calls for our business in, in sales. So I'm, I'm on the phone with somebody pretty much all day. I'm in constant contact. So even through that, 
Um, you know, even if I never utter the word God or, or the name of Jesus Christ, uh, that, that through my interaction with them, that they know exactly who I am in Christ and who exactly I stand for and believe in and just by simply talking to me. And so, you know, that is, that is my goal. That is my challenge even for myself. I hope that is your goal and your challenge for yourself to be doers of the word, to be, to be bold in our faith, to really step out right now and to, to spread the gospel and to do things, um, uh, you know, maybe taking a step outside of our comfort zone and do things that we never thought we would do before, uh, to, to spread the gospel, to, to tell others about Jesus. Um, because I think right now is a time more than ever in our recent history here in America, man, this is the time people are questioning about what's going on. People are confused about what's going on. And this is prime time because we have the answers that no matter what happens to us here on earth, whether it gets worse or gets better or whatever the case may be, we have a peace because our faith is not in this world. It's not in our finances. It's in Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ in the end he wins. That no matter what happens to us here on earth, the fact of the matter is we get to have eternal life with Christ uh, forever uh, in heaven because of what he did on the cross. And so no matter what happens to us, we can live in that fact. We can rejoice in that fact. And going back to Easter, that's what I love about Easter because that reminds me that without his resurrection and defeating death, I do not have that privilege to be able to have the confidence and the peace uh, and the peace in our faith uh, to have that to goal to look forward to about rejoicing in heaven and eternal life. If it wasn't for the resurrection, I don't have that. I don't have uh, any of that comfort uh, to rely on during this time. But it's because of that resurrection, because of what Christ did for us to bleed and die for us on the cross and, the pro and keeping the promise that he made to us uh, for a Savior that we are able to have that peace and comfort and calming during this chaotic time. And so that's my prayer that you guys hold on to that. And if you're listening to this and you've never committed your life to Jesus Christ, I pray that you do that here and now. Uh, if you have questions, again, you can email me at chaoticdevotionpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, talk to me about it. And, and if you don't want to talk to me about it, complete stranger, find somebody who you know uh, who is a believer. Talk to them about it. Somebody who you trust. Find a church to get plugged into and, and to worship with. There's so many right now options, especially with the live streaming uh, that, that's that been going on that uh, for churches. You know, you can go to church and hear the truth in the comfort of your own home. There's so many great churches out there that are that are still trucking along and still doing uh, everything they can to to you know, just kind of hold on to what normalcy we have left, and and to still do those services and still sing worship songs and and still have the pastors who deliver great messages even um, even through those streaming services, you know, from the comfort of our own homes. Um, but even when this is all over, you know, find a church, get involved in, and and if you are a believer that's just kind of uh, you know been uh, been lacking in our commitment to our local churches, I mean, I pray that that gets reinvigorated. I pray that you were recommitted, that you were just uh, refreshed in that and really uh, hit the ground running. But don't wait until then. We can start now. Uh, even though we're not meeting in the building, the building isn't the church. We, the people, are the church. Uh, our belief in, in our, uh, the Holy Spirit that dwells in us is what connects us together. We can still be the church even when we're not inside those four walls. 
And so, you know, I want to end on this. You know, it's just my prayer uh, in Jesus' name that we're all able to have the commitment that Jephthah had uh, to his promise to God. That in his belief, you know, that I believe in you so much because of what you've done for us that I will do whatever it takes and whatever I promise to do to go through with that. Because I would rather lose everything that I have than break the promise that I have with you. Um, because we know that if Jephthah would have broken that promise, we know what would have awaited him. And God would have punished him for that. God would have definitely uh, dealt with him very swiftly and severely had he not kept his promise. And so in the same way, if we don't keep our promises, you know, God still is going to discipline us for that. And so, um, you know, I, I hate to be so, you know, doom and gloom right now, but that's that's just the kind of the reality of the situation. But as Romans 6.23 says, uh, for the wages of sin is death. And then it says, but, and I've never been more happy for a conjunction in a sentence in my life, except for when I read this. So, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus. So, yes, our, our sin, our our shortcomings they do lead to death and that is why there is a need for a savior but the free gift of god is eternal life through christ jesus but so because of what christ has done in our lives we have that free gift and we can we can revel in that we can rejoice in that but it's our duty to be able to spread that so that other people experience that as well and so that's my prayer that all of us we commit to doing whatever it is that God's called us to do in our lives, to spread the gospel, to further his kingdom, and to just honestly love people more than we love ourselves and think of them as more important than ourselves. And when we live that life of humility, we will spread the love of Jesus Christ more so than we ever would have thought possible.